in order that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Verse 5, For if we, have been, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. 罗马书第六章第三节到第五节 Starting from verse 26. Galatians 3, 26 through 28. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 加拉太书三章二十六节到二十八节，所以你们因信基督耶稣都是神的儿女儿子，你们受洗归入基督的都是披戴基督了，并不分犹太人、希利尼人、自主的、为奴的、或男或女，因为你们在基督里，耶基督
We want to commit this time unto your hands. Lord, we confess that what we have is nothing. It's like just five loaves and two fishes. And unless you bless that, unless your presence is with us, we confess that in ourselves we have nothing. We pray that by your presence and by your blessing, that everyone may receive something from you. We trust in your Holy Spirit that he may lead us in this very time to Christ. That somehow he would instruct us about our Lord Jesus. So we pray as we meditate together in your word. We pray for spirit of wisdom and revelation. We pray that we, we may all together be sitting at the feet of our Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would meet everyone in its own level. Whether we just started to walk with you or whether we are walking for more time, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. And we pray, Lord, that this time will be kept by your power and by your Holy Spirit. To your glory we pray these things. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So brothers and sisters, as you know, we have been in the last couple of months uh, meditating together in this theme of the body of Christ. And several brothers have been sharing with us in the last months. From various kinds of approaches, as you can tell. So some have been teaching from scriptures. And sometimes we have been hearing, sharing about church history. And all these things is... Uh, the theme has been, whether it's uh, church history or teaching from scriptures, we have been meditating on the body of Christ. And I would like to continue in that same direction today. But as we had this uh, meeting previously, which was a baptism meeting, I thought that it would be appropriate to approach this matter of the body of Christ from the angle of baptism. There seems to be in scriptures a very clear correlation between baptism and the body of Christ. And we trust that the Lord will give us light so we can appreciate this together in His presence. So as we get started, I think that before we delve into what's the connection between baptism and the body of Christ, I felt that we maybe can use a little bit of background. And I thought that this, uh, the last passage that we read gives a, a very wonderful background in this matter of baptism. 
Even in the matter of the correlation between baptism and the body of Christ. And I'm referring to the last passage that we read, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Which actually, Paul in that passage is making a quotation from something in the history of the children of Israel. So if you keep your Bible open in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, you will remember, and I will refer a couple of times to this passage, that Paul very clearly said that the children of Israel were all went all through the cloud and through the sea. Actually, he says they were under the cloud and they passed through the sea. And they were all baptized into Moses, according to my, my translation. But when you reach, if you just jump a little bit ahead, when you reach verse 6, Paul makes this very impressive statement, which is, Now these things happened as examples for us. Just the first part. In other words, the history of the children of Israel has a very specific instruction for us that believe in the Lord Jesus today. Sometimes we may think that the Old Testament is just a story, but indeed, that story is an example from which we, that believe in the Lord Jesus, can derive very, very precious and needed instruction. So as Paul says that the children of Israel were, were baptized in the sea unto Moses, we wonder what exactly does Paul mean? Clearly he's making a connection between that event that happened with the children of Israel with our own baptism. And he's saying, see, what happened to them is like an example, a type of what happened to you when you were baptized. So what exactly does Paul mean with this? They were, they passed through the sea and they were baptized into Moses. Well, I think that we need to very briefly remember together what, what exactly is the context. What happened in that story of the children of Israel going through the sea? So we'll try to go briefly because of time. But I feel that it's a very, very important background. If we can appreciate the matter of baptism and even the connection that baptism has with the body of Christ. So first of all, I feel that we need to appreciate the fact that the crossing of the Red Sea is a sort of culmination 
of a whole section of God de- of God's dealing with the children of Israel. 那我们知道，经过红海这件事情，是一一段的这个，就是神对付以色列的百姓的一段这样酝酿出来的。You remember, the book of Exodus is what records the crossing of the Red Sea. 那出埃及记是有记载到啊，他们经过红海这件事。But what is the context? What happens before that crossing of the Red Sea? 那在上下文究竟发生了什么事情？就是他在这个经过是有什么事情发生呢 ？To put it very, very simply. The children of Israel, they were living in Egypt for many, many years. Actually, four hundred cent, four hundred years, four centuries. 那我们知道以色列人在埃及在那边住了四百多年。And for a long time of that period, they were slaves in Egypt, as you remember. 那有一有许有在四百多年许多的时间，他们是为奴的。They were serving Pharaoh. 他们在那边侍奉法老。And they were making bricks and building cities for Pharaoh. 那他们也在那边。And one day, God, He He sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel from that oppression of the Egyptians. 那有一天，神就差派摩西叫他们呃拯救这些以色列人呃脱离这个法老的权势。And if you just read the book, the beginning of the book of Exodus, that the story is told is told to us in a lot of details. 那我们如果读出埃及记的话，我们看到那边有许多的细节。And to make the long story short. When、uh, when God sent Moses to Pharaoh, the message was very simple: was let my people go that they might serve. That is the message from the Lord to Pharaoh. 那长话短说，这个摩西对法老的讯息是非常的简简单，就是让我的百姓走，让他们能侍奉我。And Moses is the messenger of that message to Pharaoh. 那摩西就是这个传信息的人。And Pharaoh says basically, but wait a second, who is the Lord? Who is Jehovah? I don't know Jehovah. I don't recognize His authority, so I'm I'm not going to let the people go. 那法老就说谁是神呢？谁是耶和华呢？我不认识这个神，我不让这些人走。And you remember that God had to send plague after plague to Egypt until finally Pharaoh's heart was softened or actually broken, and finally he would let the people go. 所以神就降灾，呃，在在在埃及。然后到最终，这个法老终于心就稍微，就是心里一直硬着，他心里软了之后，就让他的百姓走。What a display of God's power, sovereignty. Even if Pharaoh, which by the way, Egypt was the power of the day when you think in in the global situation that they had, Egypt was the power of the day. 我们实在是看到神的能力，特别是在埃及那时候是当日，那时候他们是最强势的一个国家。And even if Pharaoh says the most important, most powerful man on earth, even if that man says I am not letting the people of God go, God says, okay, wait and see. 那时候最在最强势的一个国家里面的这个领袖不愿意让这些人走，神就对他说，我们来看吧。And God sent the ten plagues, and finally Pharaoh would let, would let the people go. 那就降了这十个灾，最终法老终于让这些百姓走。And if you remember, what was the last plague? That is very very meaningful to us. 我们记得最后一个灾是哪一个吗 ？Because the last in the last plague, God basically said that He would come to judge the land of Egypt. 那他最后一个灾降最后一个灾的时候，他有提到说他要审判以色列呃犹太呃埃及地。He would visit every household in the land. He would, he would go through every house. And every firstborn was going to be killed. So, 
But God provided an escape, a salvation to the people of Israel. He said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to kill a lamb. You're going to separate a perfect, blemish lamb. lamb. And you're going to apply the blood of that perfect lamb on the doors of your house. And when I go down to Egypt, when I see the blood on the, on the door of the house, I am not going to enter, I am not going to kill the firstborn in that household. And in that night, in the, in the 14th of the first month, that's exactly what happened. God came down, the angel of destruction passed, and in every household, there was a firstborn dead. But in the house of the children of Israel, there was no dead. Actually, there was a lamb dead, but no firstborn was killed because of that blood of the lamb that was applied on the doors of their houses. And after that, Finally, Pharaoh said, "Okay, you go and 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 leave fast." I think we need to just stop briefly and see how this, as Paul says, is an example for us. How what happened to the children of Israel is just the pattern of the salvation that we have received in our Lord Jesus. Even as they, we are told uh, in the Bible that we are born in this world into, the, into slavery to, to Satan. Every human being that is born in this world, willingly or not, we are born into a system that prevents us from meeting God. As the children of Israel were born into a country, into Egypt, and they were serving Pharaoh, that's exactly the same pattern with all humanity. We are born into a system which the Bible calls the world, and we are serving Satan, the head of that system. It doesn't matter if you're a religious person, if you're an unreligious person, there is no distinction. Every human being is under the power of that system. And the head of that system, which is Satan, is determined to not let anybody go. And we thank the Lord because God in His mercy, He provided a salvation. The Lord Jesus was sent, even as Moses was sent in the past, to redeem, to take the people out of Egypt. God sent His only beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, to come to this earth. 
And the Lord Jesus was sent to save anyone that believes in Him. But how are we saved? Let's ask that question. The answer is very easy. The Lord Jesus suffered on the cross. He died on the cross not because He had to die for Himself, but He died to pay for my sin and for your sin. He is the perfect Lamb of God. No blemish in Him. A pure life. A holy life. Every second of his life, he is in fellowship with God. Every second of his life, actually, you look at him and you see what is God's character like. It's very interesting because even people that do not believe in Jesus, when they consider his life, they are sort of forced to admit there was never a man like that. The Lord Jesus, in a sense, is exactly like a lamb. Have you ever looked at a lamb that is perfect? I'm talking about the animal. But if you look at it at that animal, it would somehow convey something of Pure, something pure, something holy, something innocent, and that is the life of Jesus Christ. But at the end of his life, he dies as a criminal. He suffers a death that the, only the worst kind of person would be condemned to suffer, which is death on a cross. How do you explain that? How come the holiest, the one that never did anything wrong, quite the opposite, always showing what God is like, how come he dies the worst kind of death? The answer is very simple. He's dying not because of himself. He's dying in our behalf. He suffers the penalty that I deserve, the penalty that all of us would deserve. He suffers that in our stead. And if anyone believes in Jesus Christ, if anyone believes in the Lamb of God, immediately that person can be saved. Even as the story in the Old Testament, if anyone would apply in the door of his house, the lamb of the blood, God said, I will not enter in this house. I will spare the firstborn. The exact same thing with us. How can a holy God 
Forgive and save sinners, and all of us, by the way, are sinners. 那圣洁的神怎么样能够赦免我们所有这么污秽的罪人的罪呢 ？There is one way to be saved. 那只有一种得救的方法。One way to escape His righteous wrath that we all deserve. 我们只有一种方法能够逃离他这愤怒。If someone else can pay the price of your sin, 只要有人能够付上你罪的这个公价。If someone dies in your stead, you can be absolutely forgiven, and God is still righteous. 如果有人为你的罪去死的话，你就就能够满足神的公义。This is the wonderful story of our salvation. 这就是我们救恩美丽的故事。And this, according to Paul, what happened to them is an example, and it's so clear that is exactly the same pattern of our salvation. 这根据保罗，同样在旧约。同样的模式在我们身上，这就是我们救恩的一种模式。But now I want to call your attention to something very interesting. 所以，我现在我想要吸转移你们的注意力到一个很有趣的一件事情。As wonderful as what as was that salvation, the blood of the lamb. 那我们看到那个救恩是很奇妙，就是那个我们借着这个羔羊的血。That is not the end of the story. 那我们故事就不在此结束。Actually, God said, "Okay, you're going to apply the blood of the lamb. You're going to have a meal, and you're going to immediately leave this place." 那你会把这血这涂在蒙面框上，但是你们要立刻离开。And that's what happened. Even in the night, they left. The whole、uh, multitude of the children of Israel they left Egypt. 所以他们涂了之后，他们就离开埃及。And to make the long story short, Pharaoh, after some time, he changed his mind. 那长话短说。之后，他们他让他们走之后，法老又变了心。He had said, "Okay, you can go." 他说刚开始是说你们可以走。But after some time, he said, "What am I doing? I'm letting Israel, the slaves, go. I am changing my mind. Let's go after them." 那后来他就后悔了，他就说好，我们去追他们吧。And he gathered his whole army. 那他就拆派他的军队。And he went pursuing the children of Israel. 他们就去追以色列百姓。And finally, the children of Israel, they Arrived to the shore of the Red Sea. So they went to the Red Sea. On one side was the sea. That one side is the sea. And when they look back, here is the army of Pharaoh coming. That they look back, here is the army of Pharaoh coming. And they were not coming in a very peaceful way. I should tell you. They were not coming in a very peaceful way. I should tell you. They were coming with their swords, with their chariots, with their horses. And if you read carefully, there was revenge in their hearts. Now, if we read carefully, there was revenge in their hearts. Now, if we read carefully, there was revenge in their hearts. Now, if we read carefully, there was revenge in their hearts. Now, if we read carefully, there was revenge in their hearts. You go ahead. You 往前行 And somehow, God by His power, He opened the sea. So God, by His power, He opened the sea. The children of Israel, they went right through the sea. They passed to the other side. And Pharaoh and his army said, "Okay, we are doing the same. We are going after them." But when they when they were in the middle of the sea, somehow God intervened. But Pharaoh's chariots were stuck in the middle of the sea. So they 
卡在这个水里。And when they realize what are we doing, we are in trouble now. Let's go back. 那后来他们发现他们现在有问题了，他们想要回头的时候。Too late. 那已经来不及了。What did God do? 那神做了什么呢？ He he caused the sea to come back. 那这个他就让这水就恢复原状。And Pharaoh's army perished in the Red Sea. 所以法老的这军军兵他就他们就死就在海里面灭亡。The children of Israel made it sound and safe to the other side. 那以色列的百姓他就平安的到另外一岸。Now this is what I want to call your attention to. 所以我在这边想要请你们特别注意的。It is only when the children of Israel get to the other side of the sea. That they burst in praises to God for His salvation. 就他们过了海之后，他们才把敬拜和赞美归给神。Even after they were under the blood of the Lamb, 即使他们之前在在羔羊的血之下 ，it seems as if it is not considered a done deal until they get to the other side of the sea. 感觉好像没有完成这件事情，好像没有还没成了，一直到他们。And when they are on the other side, and the whole army of Pharaoh perished, then they sing the praises of God for His salvation. 一直到你到到海岸的另外一边，你才看到这些军兵全部灭亡之后，你就把敬拜归给神。I will sing to Jehovah that has triumphed gloriously. 那我要向耶和华唱凯旋的诗。Jehovah is my salvation. Read it. 耶和华是我的救救救赎主。Now, what is the instruction for us, brothers and sisters? 那对我们来说的指示是什么呢 ？Thank the Lord because Paul, in a very clear way, says that the experience that they had going through the sea is exactly like our experience in baptism. 那保罗对我们跟我们讲说，他们经过红海的这一段经历，就像我们的受浸的经历是一样的。See, that's an example. What they, what happened to them, is an example for us. 那对他们身上所发生的事情，对我们来说是一种呃一种例子，一种榜样。So what is the lesson for us？ 那对我们来说是要学习什么样的功课呢 ？I feel that the lesson is this little mysterious phrase that Paul uses. They were baptized into Moses. 那我们的秘诀乃是在第二节，就是他们受浸归入摩西。Paul says that when they went through the sea. This is like being baptized into Moses. 那他们进入这海里的时候，就像受浸归入摩西一样。What does that mean? 那这是什么意思呢 ？Well, I'll try to put it very simply. 那我用一个很简单的方式来讲。When they went through the sea, 当他们经过这海的时候 ，you can think that the children of Israel they went through a change of lordship. 那我们知道他们经过这海的时候，他们就改变了。See, before they cross the sea, Pharaoh is somehow the Lord over that people. 那他们在过这海之前，做他们主的是法老。But after they went through the sea, 那他们过了河之后 ，and the whole army of Pharaoh perished in the sea. 当法老的这军兵全部灭亡在这海呃红海里的时候 ，there is a change of lordship that is happening. With that people. That 为他们做主的这件事情就改变了，做主就改变了。Now, before they were following somehow Pharaoh, willingly or not. 那之前他们的主是法老，是什么？或或许他们也不愿意，或是愿意的，但是这是事实。But now they are following Moses in the wilderness. 但是他们现在在旷野里面跟随摩西。Now, do you see what happens to us in baptism? 那你是否看见在我们身上所发生的事情？我们经过受浸的时候呢 ？Oh, a change of lordship. 
is testified through in baptism. We used to be slaves of Satan. The Bible says that God has transported us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son. And it's baptisms that gives the final testimony or the declaration that a change of mastership or lordship has taken place. Alright, I want to step back for a, just for a second. I would like to ask a question. Alright, how important is baptism? I, uh, and excuse me if I am asking this question. It may be silly to ask such a question. However, I feel that it's still appropriate. It seems to me that some brothers and sisters, some people that really believed in the Lord, sometimes we can be caught up with a certain mentality. We can think, well, but wait a second, I was saved because of the blood of the Lord Jesus. Isn't He the Lamb of God? Yes, he is. Isn't his blood the cause of our eternal life? Absolutely. Thank the Lord. Actually, my brother Timothy this morning already told us that in a very wonderful way. See, the Bible never teaches that you are regenerated in baptism. The only cause of our regeneration, of our new life, is the blood of our Lord Jesus on the cross. You remember the Lord Jesus saying, He who hears my, my words and believes in Him that has sent me, He does not enter under judgment. But he has passed from death to life. Let me simplify. He who believes in me has, path, has passed from death to life. Brothers and sisters, the only explanation, the only cause for anyone receiving new life, eternal life, is the death of the Lord Jesus on the cross. And when we believe in Him, we receive a wonderful new life. So the question still I think is valid. Why baptism is such a big deal in the Bible? And I feel that our story, our example in the Old Testament, provides us with a very important clue. Let's think for a second. Let's put ourselves in the Israelites' shoes, as we, we used to say. Let's say that you are in that night, the Passover night. 那或许我们就像以色列人一样，我们就坐在逾越节的那个晚上。
In that night you have believed in God's word, in God's word, and you have applied the blood of the lamb in the door of your house. 那你就相信神的话,你就擦了这羔羊,把这个血涂在门框上。in the next morning, for your surprise, in every household in Egypt, there is a dead firstborn. But in your household, nobody's dead. Only a, a lamb is dead. No one will question that that was a wonderful redemption. A wonderful deliverance has taken place. If you are an Israelite, you can even say, I have passed from death to life. There was an impending death on my household, but because of the blood of the Lamb, we didn't experience that death, we experienced life. Wonderful deliverance, wonderful redemption and salvation. But now, let's imagine for a second that the children of Israel, after experiencing such deliverance, they had decided, well, you know what? We were delivered, which is wonderful. But I think that to, to remain in Egypt is good enough. Let's not bother leaving Egypt. It's, it's really good enough. We're staying here. I will ask you a very simple question. Who would be the master over that people? Do you think that the Lord would be the master? Or do you think that Pharaoh would say, All right, you're staying here. Okay, back to the bricks and back to building cities for me. Do you see my point? Before they cross the Red Sea, Pharaoh still has a claim on that people. If they do not cross, if the sea doesn't separate the people of Israel from Egypt, while they remain in Egypt, Pharaoh will have his claim and he'll say, You're going to serve me. And that is why baptism is so important in the life of anyone that has believed in the Lord Jesus. It's true, you are not regenerated through baptism. Absolutely true. However, before you go through those waters, somehow the enemy will still have a claim over your life. Once the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, the whole army of Pharaoh perished absolutely. No more claim Pharaoh can have over that people. No wonder when they get to the other side of the Red Sea, they can sing of God's full salvation. So I want to put it in a simple way again. There are basically two things happening in baptism. 
Number one, a change in lordship is taking place. They used to serve Pharaoh. But after that, they were baptized into Moses. And they started to follow Moses in the, in the wilderness. It's actually very interesting that if you read, we are not doing that because of time, but if you read in Exodus, it says that then wait, they went through the Red Sea, they trusted the Lord and his servant Moses. And brothers and sisters, let me reiterate this. This is just a type, an example. Our Lord Jesus is like the true Moses. Our Lord Jesus is the one that delivers anyone that believes in him. The Lord Jesus is the one unto whom those brothers and sisters that we saw being baptized this morning, they are baptized into our Lord Jesus. In other words, they can testify, yes, I used to serve the enemy of God, but today I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very interesting because if you remember, the words that were used as they were baptized is what the Lord Jesus instructed us to do. We should be baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And that is a simple declaration that your life you brothers and sisters that were baptized today, you that were baptized who knows how many years ago, that we belong to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Well, this is the first aspect, a change of lordship. But there is a second very important one that is taking place at the same time. We should appreciate the fact that when they crossed the Red Sea, it's not only they changed lordship, but they also were leaving one order of things, one system, if you will, and they were entering into a new order or system of things. What do I mean by that? When they crossed the Red Sea, Egypt was staying behind. And Egypt is a whole, if you will, is a whole order of things. Egypt has its culture. Egypt has its values. Egypt is an order of things. And guess what? If you're living in Egypt, guess which kind of values are going to be important in your life? The values in Egypt. But once you leave, once you cross the Red Sea, an order of things is staying behind. 
And you're entering into a new order of things. Because of time we are not going to read. But it's very interesting that when after they crossed the Red Sea, one of the first things that God says is in chapter 19 of Exodus, God says to Moses, this people is going to be to me a kingdom of priests. 那很有趣的是,他們過了紅海之後,神對他們說的第一件事,其中的一件事情來是,他們成為軍尊的國度,祭司的國度。And this is the privilege of every born again believer in the Lord Jesus. 那這是所有相信主的人所有的一個擁有的一個權柄。We were under the power of darkness. 那我們是在黑暗的權勢權勢之下。In this world, 在這個世界裡, and the Bible, to put it very simple, what is the world in the Bible? Well, there are many, many uh, meanings for the world. But in its wider meaning, the world in the Bible is a whole system of things. That prevents people from following God. It's no wonder that John in his first epistle says that the whole world is or lies in the evil one. Whatever it is, whether it's the commerce of the world, whether it's the technology of the world, Satan has established a system that in everything in that system tends to prevent people from meeting God. Oh, how can we be delivered? We are still in the world, aren't we? I don't know about you, but tomorrow I'm heading to work. And this is the system, or in our example, is like Egypt. Well, thank the Lord, because our example gives us instruction. Even as Israel crossed the Red Sea, and that crossing, meant that they were separated forever from Egypt, the same wonderful thing happens to us in baptism. One order stayed behind the world. But now you find yourself in a new order, let me put it that way. And that is what the Bible calls the body of Christ. You know, spiritually speaking, we can be in two places in, in the spiritual realm as human beings. We are either in the world which is that system that is headed by Satan, the enemy of God, under his power, and willingly or not serving him, or the other realm is the body of Christ. Well, before I get myself ahead, 
I think that now with this little background, we want to very quickly go over the other two passages that we read. So, so if you can turn with me again to Romans chapter 6. Let's read again verse 3. Romans 6 verse 3. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Do you realize that Paul very clearly states that baptism has two aspects here? On the one hand, when you are baptized, you are baptized in the death of the Lord Jesus. When we testified our brothers and sisters this morning going under the water, this is a declaration that they were baptized, which means in the original is simply to submerge or to dip. They were submerged in the death of the Lord Jesus. And what does that mean? But very simply, everything, all that old, the old order that opposes God went with you under the water. When the Lord Jesus died on the cross, his death was for everything that opposes God, he took on the cross. That system that Satan has that prevents us from even meeting God, the Lord Jesus put that to death through his death. And when you are baptized, you are testifying to that very fact. You are testifying that you are united in that death of the Lord Jesus. Everything that is opposed to God went into that death. That is one aspect. But then he also says, you that were baptized into Christ Jesus. In other words, when you come out of that water, your old world is behind you, dead in Christ Jesus. But now that you come out, you find yourself where? In Christ Jesus. In other words, if you read with me verse 5, here's how Paul explains this. We have become united with him in the likeness of his death, and certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Baptism declares that everything that is against God died, and now you can be united with the Lord Jesus in his new life. We 
What a wonderful salvation we were objects of. What a wonderful provision, brothers and sisters. How are we going to live after baptism? We live in Christ Jesus. We live united to Him. Or remembering the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians, we were baptized unto Moses, or in other words, unto the Lord Jesus. We are under His headship. And I just want to very briefly mention verse 4, which is quite important. See, Paul here says, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death. Now that's very important. Why? Paul is not saying that you died in baptism, but he's saying you were buried in baptism. In other words, burial is usually the response that we give when you acknowledge that someone has died, isn't it? See, when you believed in the Lord Jesus, in that very moment, you are united to Him in His death and resurrection. But now, if you are united to the Lord Jesus in His death and resurrection, what kind of response will you have? You are baptized. You bury yourself. In other words, if you think for a second, if, if someone dies, before you bury that person, someone that, you know, let's say that the dead person is lying out there, you may think that, well, maybe that person is just sleeping, you know? And maybe you're going to try to, to do something with him. Say, hey, hey, yo, just wake up, you know, they do and help here. In other words, if someone really has died, the response that you should give is burial. Before burial, somehow the world can somehow think, well, this person may be just sleeping, and let's, you know, hey, let's call him back. But once you're burying someone, a very clear testimony is given. That person has died. That person is over. That's it, it's final. When I read these verses, I am reminded of that wonderful statement of Paul. The children of Israel, they were baptized unto Moses. Pharaoh is behind. Pharaoh is no longer the Lord. He has no claim now. The Lord Jesus is our Lord. See, we are baptized into his death, nothing more to do with Pharaoh. 
But we are also baptized into Christ Jesus. He is our Lord. Let's read Galatians chapter 3 again. And here we have a slightly different emphasis when Paul somehow is dealing again with baptism. So again Galatians chapter 3. Let's read again the whole passage, starting from verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So again you have the same idea. Baptism is this declaration, testimony, that we are identified with the Lord Jesus. And the metaphor that Paul uses here is a metaphor of clothing ourselves. It's like in baptism, you become clothed with Christ. What an identification with our head. But now here is an amazing statement, which is verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male or nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Again now, it's not just that you change your lordships in baptism. But now that you're baptized, you're in a new order of things. The world is behind. The world stays under the water. When you come out of the water, in which order, if you allow me to use that expression, would you found your, which are you going to find yourself? You are in a new man in the body of Christ. It's not just that we are individually united with Christ. That is true. But in baptism, we not only discover that we are united with Christ, our new head. But we also realize that we have so many brothers and sisters that also were united to Christ. In other words, you have the head that is the Lord Jesus and many members that are united to Him. And that is exactly what Paul says here. After he mentions baptism, he says, and you, by the way, you are one in Christ Jesus. 
We are one body in the Lord. In that new order of things, what is what matter? See, Paul is very clear here. It's really a new order of things. In the old order, it matters a lot if you're a Jew or a Greek. In the old order of things, it matters a lot if you're a slave or a free man. Or may matter a lot if you're male or female. But in the new order of things, the Lord Jesus Christ is everything that matters. I hope, brothers and sisters, that when we step back, look back at our baptism, even you, brothers and sisters, that were baptized today, I hope that we have the right conception of what is going on. What does it mean? Is that we are joining a new religious group? Or are we joining a, a Chinese gathering? I see like 80% of you maybe are Chinese. Is this a Chinese gathering? Thank the Lord. I see the body of Christ. There is no Jew nor Greek. And I don't think Paul is being exhaustive in this list. I feel very free to add, well, you know what? There is no American, there is no Chinese, there is no Brazil. When we come out of that water of baptism, we are all testifying that we are members of the body of Christ. We are no longer in the old order of things. In the old order, yes. It may matter a lot if you're Chinese, Brazilian, or American. In the new order, Christ is all in all. And that is our privilege through all eternity. That we are united with Christ. But not only me individually. But we are all united to the same head. And we are, because of that, we are one body in Christ. I feel we need to conclude. And I just want to very quickly, I think we need to sort of draw some implications here. So what are the practical implications, if, you, if I can put it that way? We have been just meditating on how, by the wonderful grace of God, we change lordships in baptism. Not only that, but we find ourselves in a new order, in other words, in the body of Christ, no longer the world. So now what? Tomorrow we are going back to our jobs. We are going back to daily life. And how are you going to walk in this world? 
So very quickly, just want to suggest a couple of practical implications. And the first one that I would say is, if in baptism we were un- we are testifying that we are united to Christ. Our responsibility now is to abide in Christ. It's very interesting. In the Bible, you will never see a commandment, be united to Christ. God will never command you to do that. Because none of us can produce that, can we? We are united to Christ only because of God's doing. It's His grace. It's His power. Thank the Lord. He did it it all. And it was given to you. You are one with your Lord Jesus. Can you believe that? But you know what? It's our responsibility is to abide in Christ. To remain in Christ. Or in other words, once you were united to Him, now just remain in that wonderful position. And very briefly, if you want to turn with me to John chapter 15, I want to read one verse that gives us very practical instruction in this matter. How are we going to abide in Christ? John chapter 15, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. Do you see what the Lord Jesus is saying? I feel that we have here two very important keys in this matter of abiding in Him. When we abide in Him, somehow His words abiding us. Do you want to abide in the Lord Jesus? Today you testified, I'm talking to you ten brothers and sisters, and to all of us that also were baptized, but today you testified that you're united to Him. Do you want to remain in Him? I'm sure you want. So listen to the Lord. If by words abiding you, let the word of God abide in you. Let us learn by the, the grace of the Lord to daily go back to Him and read His word and in that daily process we will abide in Him. But you see that the Lord also says, you will ask anything you wish and it will be done to you. That's another very important clue. A life abiding in Christ is a life of fellowship, of prayer, of communion with Him. We daily separate time to be with the Lord, to pray to the Lord. 
We ask to Him. And He promises such a wonderful promise. He will give it to us. Alright, that's, that's kind of a, a more personal aspect of our response to baptism. But how about in the corporate sense? How are we going to abide in Christ? Let's read a verse in 1 Peter chapter 4 and we are going to conclude with this. 1 Peter chapter 4 And let's read verses 10 and 11. As, which, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. See, once you find yourself in this new order, in the body of Christ, you immediately realized that a gift was given to you. Did you listen what Peter says? Each one, and that means each one, has received a special gift. And of course, if you just look to your body, you know that every member is doing something there, right? There is no idle member in your body. Even when you do not realize that you're, you have a member that is doing something, well, the member is still doing something. And the same in the body of Christ. Each member has a gift from the Lord. But Peter exhorts us to be good stewards of that gift. In other words, learn how to use the gift that was given to you. Learn how to serve in the body of Christ. And to be very practical and simple, I feel that the very first important aspect of this is just learning to be together. Do you want to learn how to use your gift? Now that you find yourself in this new wonderful order, in the body of Christ, do you want to use what was given to you? Well, the first lesson, let's learn how to be together. As we gather together and as we are in this interdependence life that is the body of Christ, we are going to learn how to use what God has given us. So let the Lord encourage every one of us. As we are recipients of His wonderful salvation, His wonderful grace, let us abide in Him.
Let us learn how to be what we are, the body of Christ. So if anyone feels the leading of the Lord, please lead us in prayer. Let's have two or three prayers.